going to open with a word of prayer, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to uh, continue to remain and stay with us. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak your word. I don't take it lightly. I humbly present myself to you. Uh, you know the, the time, the preparation that goes into this, Lord. I pray you multiply it, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the people that are here. I don't think it's an accident that they are. Would you use this word to touch every location, Framingham, TC, Ashland, online, Lord, reach every single location, every person in every seat, wherever they sit, Lord, in their homes and, and in the auditoriums of the different churches that are a part of this one church connect. I pray you bless them and speak to them personally in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you, brother. Well, listen, you know, uh, today's uh, message is called Practicing the Presence. Practicing the Presence. Pastor Devin talked about uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. And then last week, probably one of my favorite topics uh, that I, I gave away, I wanted it myself, but uh, was the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And he did an incredible job on that. And today we're going to talk about the person of the, excuse me, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then next week, Pastor Stephen will talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So this would be a very all-encompassing series. In just four weeks, we can get a, a broad view of the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, most times, you know, I was praying, and I felt like God was speaking to me that most people come to church, and I want to really set you up for a little bit of hunger uh, for this. And I don't know how to do that. I, I wish I could pour salt on the service, but I pray that the worship already did that for you. Amen. But most services are me, me, me services instead of, and they're, and they're more come to fill me services instead of God saying, come meet with me services. We have a lot of me, 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 me services, but we don't have a lot of meet with me services. And I think that there, have, I wish I could teach on church history at some point, maybe I should do a series on that, but you could look back over even the last couple hundred years at the changes and alterations within the, the protocol and the liturgy of the modern church, but I think we're going to be going back more, and I see a shift in the spirit where people are going back more towards presence-ridden services, where like the preoccupation is what, what can we do to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit in our service? Because if he is there, emphasis he, a person, is there, basically anything can happen. And whatever would happen would be the best thing that could ever happen. Turn your neighbor and say, amen. All right. Now, question for you as we open. How many of you, by a show of hands, would say you've ever felt the presence of God? you felt the presence of God. Okay. Um, now, be honest now. Be on this might be harder for you. Um, how many of you have felt the presence of God today? Today. Okay. All right. And, and I would just say, how do you know? Don't answer that, of course, out loud. This isn't an open meeting. But how do you know? Like, did you get tingly? You know, did, you, did your hair stand up on your, on, on your arms? Did you get a little, uh, did you have like a heavenly peace kind of come over you? Uh, did, you um, did you get a little emotional? Maybe you almost cried. Or you cried, okay? I almost did in, in, the, in the Dove song. That song always gets me. But it, is that how you know? See, because God's presence can give you those kind of feelings, those tingly feelings, those warm feelings, those peace uh, beyond understanding feelings, those, you know, expressions, emotional expressions. But sitting next to a cute girl can do that too. Come on, man. Come on you can laugh at that. That's okay. 
It's true, isn't it? Okay? God's presence can make you cry. But so can a really emotional YouTube video. Is everybody with me right now? God's presence can make you feel real peaceful. Some of the ladies say amen. But so can a bubble bath with Luther Vandross in the background. Okay? So my point is, how do you know, TC? How do you know, Framingham? How do you know, Ashlyn? Is this, in fact, the presence of God or is it, you know, something else? And so if you did, here's another question. If you didn't feel the presence of God today or in the past, is it God's fault? Is, 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 is God holding back on you? Is he, because something in you that's uh, kept him from you, uh, was it you? Were you not paying attention? Were you really not fixed um, on him the way the Bible maybe says we're supposed to? Oh, maybe it was the worship team. Maybe they didn't play my song today. If they played the song, then the presence of God would have been here. But they played that bird song, the dove thing. You know, they, and they didn't play it right. They didn't play it the way I like them to play. See, I want to just set it up and just say, what do we need to know about this subject, the presence of God? Here's our theme text, Acts 2.17. Are you with me, everybody? Yeah. I'm just going to teach you. And in the last days, it said, the last, I believe we're in the last of the last days. You can do what you want with that, but if you call me your pastor and this is your church, I'm just telling you, I don't have time to teach it today. But, I mean, all the signs and indicators Jesus is coming back soon. I think it could be our generation. I'm hoping I'm going up on the first elevator and I don't even have to taste death. That's kind of like, I pray those kind of thoughts. It would be nice. But God declares, he says, I will pour out my spirit. Okay? He says on on all flesh, sons and daughters, young and old, your dream dreams, your, your prophesy. You see all these amazing things happen. Here's the thing. God wants to pour out his spirit. That's what the word says. If the word says it, that should settle it for us. Amen? Amen? But sometimes we don't experience that pouring out. Some of us can come into the same room. One person experiences the presence of God and can raise their hand. Another one said, I, I, I didn't. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's the worship team. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. But I want to give you a statement that is both philosophical and biblical. And it's really critical to this topic that we're expressing today, this this, the pouring out of the Spirit and the, and the presence of the Spirit. Here's the, here's, the, here's the thought for you if you're taking notes. No, here it is. To possess the power of God, we have to first pursue the presence of God. To possess the power of God, which many people want. We want, what do I mean by that? Let me dumb it down. We, need God, we want God's intervention in our everyday life. Amen. Otherwise, why do we do this? Right. What, what are we, automatons? What are we, just robots coming here, you know? And just saying a few nice things, going home, so some scorecard in heaven. No, that's not, the, that's not it. We're, we're trying to experience God. We want God to, to be with us. And so to possess that, we have to pursue his presence. I think God, like you, likes to be pursued. I can't believe no lady said amen. He is a relational God. Did you know that? The Bible even says he's a jealous God. He's not jealous of you, he's jealous for you. He doesn't want what you have. He wants you. He wants you. So in the sense that he's jealous, according to the book of Exodus, that's what it means. And if you're uh, switching to, from, the, from the ladies to the guys, as a dad, do you like it when your kids come to you? How many dads in the house? Raise your hand. Okay. Do you like it when your kids come to you like a human ATM machine? Do you know what I'm talking about right now? Dad, you, you just know what's coming right after that. It's like... 
cha-ching, you know, what do you need, you know. And they're looking for the handouts. They're looking for the gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy moments. You don't like that. No, you don't like that. You, you, want, you, you, don't, you don't want them to come to you because of what they need from you. You want them to come to you because of, they want you first. They want you first. They want you. In Jeremiah 29, it's not in your notes, it's bonus, but verse 13, it says, you will seek me and you will find me. That's a promise in the word of God. When, everybody say when, you seek me with your whole heart. See, God wants to be pursued. And when you pursue him, he says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So God will pour out to people who pursue, to pursue. Now, if you don't feel God, remember this, if you don't feel God, just because He's distant from you doesn't mean he's absent from you. Feelings can be extraordinarily unreliable. If you, if you lived by your feelings, if, if we lived 100% by our feelings, most of us, I'll be nice, would be in jail. If you saw me driving and I expressed my feelings, I would have been jailed last night on the way home from the airport, Okay. Just confessions of a pastor. You know, I literally can be worshiping on the airplane to music, you know, and I can get off, get in a car, drive home five minutes later, and I am feeling some very unholy, unrighteous thoughts, okay? So you can't, can I have an amen? You can't go by your feelings, everybody. Sometimes you got to get out of your feelings, and this is so critical, and activate your faith. Get out of your feelings and activate your faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to activate your faith. Come on, TC Framingham, you got to activate your faith. What if you didn't feel like it in marriage? Do you walk out? No. You should, you should do what? You should do something to rekindle the fire. See, some of you, I was, I was exhorting the worship team and, and some of the, you know, platform uh, uh, dream team, you know, but sometimes we just need to rekindle that fire. Like, sometimes we just don't feel like it. Do you know, there's times that I come to church, even this awesome church, and I don't feel like it. It's happened. Not today, so don't worry about it. It's not today. But there's times where I've got to like, okay, this is, this is what I'm called to do. This is what I was made for. This is, this is bigger than me. It's not just about me. This is not just about how I feel. This morning. I'm a little tired. I'm a little, I'm a little, little, just not fresh. I'm not feeling fresh. Didn't get enough protein last night. Whatever. Can't be living by your feelings, amen, if you don't feel like loving your kids because of what they do. You know what I mean? Do you just put them up for adoption? No. You keep loving them. Keep loving them. Keep loving those kids. But the point is, when you don't feel it, you don't give up. Can I have an amen out there? Now, contrast. Sometimes there will be these moments that are overwhelmingly meaningful and powerful where it almost feels like randomly the Holy Spirit shows up. And you're just, like, sometimes, I don't know, some of you may have never had this, and I'll get to you in a little while. But, but where you, like, you want to just drop to your knees, or you're like, pull over on the side of the road moments. I've had those moments. I've had moments when I've been in my car and I begin to worship and I, I, I'm, I'm like, I need windshield wipers for my eyes because I'm being so overcome and overwhelmed by the presence of, of God. And, and it's awesome when that happens. It, recently, my wife and I were, we were at our, our kind of ARC conference. It's an affiliation that we're a part of. We're not a denominational church, but we're associated with churches, and we were, she and I responded to an altar call. It was a beautiful thing for a senior pastor, senior pastors of a church to be away with other pastors, and then a pastor ministered to you, and then you can be the church that day, 
and respond. Can I just say it's wonderful? And that's why sometimes your pastors need to get away and, 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 and un- unravel a little bit and not always be here, but sometimes be there. And I'm responding to the altar, and, my, and the presence of God was so strong, and I got all of it. The tinglies, the overwhelming peace, the warmth, the, 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 just the encounter, the goosebumps, the full Monty. I got it all. I'm dropping to my knees. I didn't even realize how much time went by. My wife and I were at the altar for 45 minutes with, like, hundreds of pastors in the presence of God. It was awesome. Just awesome. That happens. But, but, everybody say but. The most common, the most common, I think, primary way is the simple ways. It's, it's the everyday ways. I'm sitting in my chair. I have a routine. Uh, I, have, I have a very, certain parts of my life are very predictable. Um, but I sit in my, my chair. I've got my Bible. I've got my coffee, coffee cup. I've got my worship set going. And there's just sometimes I'm reading and then I just... I get something from the Holy Spirit while I'm reading, and I'm just overwhelmed by the presence of God. Just a moment with, with and then I'm not getting all crazy emotional and falling prostrate before the before God, and you know, and 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 not ripping my clothes off with sackcloth and that. Okay, but I'm just have, but I'm having a moment. Sometimes I'm walking outside in nature, and and I'm I'm in awe of of creation. And I have a moment with God. I have an experience with the presence of God. Sometimes I get a phone call from a friend. And how did they know? How could they possibly know what I'm going through? And they say something directly to the thing that I'm talking, I'm thinking about. They say they've been praying about, and they speak a word of encouragement to me. Sometimes I listen to my grandsons pray, and I'll be like, there is God right there. Most most times it's common. So I'm just trying to get you. It's not always, as Devin was talking about, sensationalism. Okay, it's not always that's like confessionalism, it's continualism. We believe, we're continuous. We believe that God, continue, in him we live and move and have our being. It continues, it's ongoing, it's, it's progressive. And that's, God wants you to live in the spirit, live in the presence of God. Are you with me, everybody? But here's what happens. The reason sometimes it's not consistent and it's more random is because we don't understand something, that God is a God of order. He's a God of order, and order matters. And it matters in particular with this, with I would call a lost art of practicing the presence of God. And so many of you, many here, many listening in the other locations, you've gone days, weeks, months without an encounter, an experience, a moment like that with the Holy Spirit. I just, I want to put some salt on that a little bit this morning. Are you with me? And some of you are here, and you don't even know what, what it means. So I'm going to try to help you with that. Some of you don't know how much of a game changer the presence of the Holy Spirit would be in your life. I don't think you know. Jesus left so the Holy Spirit would stay because Jesus couldn't be with all of you every day, but the Holy Spirit could. And he wants to be intimately uh, a part of your life. I, when I was young, I played, I played basketball, and um, I couldn't shoot. I was a streak shooter, but I, was a, I, was, I had handles. You know, if you're a baller, you know what I mean? I had handles. You know what I mean? I could dribble the basketball. Some of you just learned what I meant by that, okay? <laughs> it's not these things, girls. Okay, it's handles. It's dribbling, okay? So I can remember, I can remember like, playing out in the, in the court. My father would be watching me, and I'd say, Dad, watch me. And I was always working on my left hand because all the, if you're going to play at the level, you need to be able to go both hands. So I was strong right, but I was weak left, so I was working my left hand. But I would do these crazy shots. And I, I wanted my father to see me do all these crazy loop-de-loops, down-unders, over, over and arounds, you know, 360s, whatever I could do. And he'd say, son, and I'd do these crazy shots, almost make it. 
almost make it. And so I, I, my father would say, son, what would be the worst thing that could happen to you when you take this next shot? And I would say, well, dad, obviously I'd miss it. And he said, nope, the worst thing would be you make it. And I'd say, what do you, what do you mean? He said, because you're doing it wrong. You're practicing, but you're practicing the wrong way. And then he said something very profound that I never forgot, and I believe it applies to what we're talking about today. Because he said, son, it's not practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. Are you with me, everybody? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting something out of this. I see where he's going. See, when it comes to encountering the presence of God, we do that with God. Some of us are practicing but we're practicing the wrong way. Some of us aren't even practicing. We just given up because the practice didn't produce the results. We're not making any shots. We're not experiencing, we're not encountering God on a regular basis, so we just quit. It must be something wrong with me. Must be something wrong with the worship set. Must be something wrong with this, something wrong with that. No, 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 no. It's you're practicing wrong. You're going about it the wrong way. So here's here's a here's kind of a theme text for today that helped me. And I want you to know that in the Bible there are these. There are these principles. Devin teaches a lot of principles. I teach a lot of principles. Our pastors teach a lot of principles. We're a principled church. But there are also these patterns in the Bible. Patterns. Uh, another way you could say it is protocols, okay? Another way you could say it is etiquettes. Is everybody with me right now? Yeah. Are you guys, I'm trying to teach you right now because we're trying to figure out how do, we, how do we invite the Holy Spirit in our life? How do we experience the Holy Spirit on a more regular, less random basis? A lot of it has to do with the fact that we're doing it the wrong way. Now, certainly if you don't show up, get up and show up to spend time with God, you're not going to experience that. But there's a way when you, when you encounter God, when you approach God. So here, here's just one example in the Old Testament, Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. They'll put it up on the screen. Here's what it says. You ready? Yes. Praise God for the three people that are ready. Are you ready? Yes. All right, Framingham, I heard you. TC, I heard you. Ashland's alive. All right. It says, you will, God, you will show me, Derek, the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So who's going to show us the path of life? God's going to show you. He wants to show you a path. He wants to show you a way. He wants to show you a protocol, a process for how you enter and experience the presence of God. Are you with me, everybody? Now, there's three words that pop out in this particular text. First, there's path. Presence, and then he says pleasures. Path, presence, pleasures. And again, I'm trying to help you see a little bit of a pattern here. See, what happens when I read this verse and you read this verse in our, in our gravitational pull towards selfishness, we, of those three words, you know the one we want the most out of those three? What? Pleasures. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore, okay? Now, what happens is one of the greatest problems to, to, to the Christian experience, to mature Christian, is your wants are trumping your needs, okay? Our wants are getting in the way of the things we need most that actually will take care of the wants, at the deepest level. And so the path in this text is about the way. It's about the way over your way. But listen, it's a better way <laughs> at the end of the day. Come on, somebody. Okay? It's a better way at the end of the day when you follow God's path for you. So here's the big idea. God's order leads to God's rewards. 
God's order leads to God's rewards. Is this good teaching so far? Okay, so my father was trying to teach me this. Son, your, 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 your way is not going to work. And God's trying to teach you and I. Son, daughter, your way, that's not how you connect with me. There's a practice to the presence of God. So we got to learn how to invite, how to enter the presence of God. But we also got, and correspondingly, we got to make sure we're not quenching grieving, resisting. These are all key words that you can look up in your Bibles later on in your own devotional life. There are different things you can do that box out, that give the Holy Spirit the Heisman in your life when you understand those words really well. But we're going we're gonna to get away from that today for the sake of time. But then the verse goes on to say, in your presence is fullness of joy. So fullness means complete, entire, comprehensive. So if you're going to go to a party Right? You want a party where there's fullness of joy, but you don't have to. This is the thing that God wants you to see from this text. You don't have to go to a, 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 an alternative party to get drugs, alcohol, sex, to have fullness of joy. The Bible is telling you, and sometimes we don't see it because we're doing it the wrong way, that in his presence is fullness of joy. And so the world offers an alternative to the things that we really, we really want but also really need. But we're going about it the wrong way. Now, most times when you look at the word presence in the scriptures, it could be interchangeable with the face of God. Face of God. Okay? It's, uh, 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 when you look at the word path in the Bible, it can be interchangeable with, coexist with the word feet. Path, like the walk. So one has to do uh, more with uh, your walk with God, and the other one has to do with more your talking with God, okay? So one is, whenever you see path, think your walk with God. Whenever you see presence, think your talk, your encounter, your face-to-face -face with God. Does that make sense, everybody, right now? And so what I want for my church is more than a miracle, and I believe in those more than a healing, and I believe in those, I want a church that is having on the regular, not the random, face-to-face -face encounters with God. Now, that might be a little freaky, scary, odd for you, but the Bible wants you to have that because when you have that, you'll have fullness of joy. Poke your neighbors, say, wake up, say, this is good preaching right now, okay? Now, it goes on to say, then, so I want you to see, one thing precedes the other. It's path, it's presence, then it's pleasure. There's the pattern. Psalm 1611 is giving us the protocol, the etiquette, okay? And so then he says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Whenever you see the word hand in the Bible, that references a lot of things. The miracles of God, the healings of God, you can, the favor of God, the blessings of God. So you got path, you got presence. Are you tracking so far with what I'm trying to teach you? And you've got the hand of God. That's the pleasures of God, okay? So God wants you to have that, but one thing precedes the other. And most churches, most Christians are trying to skip the process. And they go right. It's amazing. You have a prayer meeting, and everybody wants to pray for miracles right away. Is that wrong to pray for miracles? No. But I'm just trying to get you to say, just get you to see that the reason you're not having success sometimes is because there's an etiquette with God. Because he's like a dad who doesn't want to just be a human ATM machine. Don't you want me? Or do you just want what I can give you? I think it's offensive to him at some point. And so many people don't experience the presence of God. Which, by the way, is comprehensively satisfying if we did. 
according to Psalm 1611, but we have to first follow the path. This is good preaching. Listen, think about Jesus' life, okay? Jesus, 0 to 30, preparation. 30 to, to his death, burial and resurrection, about three, three and a half years. He performed all these miracles, and I don't think sometimes you realize this. He didn't perform them as the son of God. He performed them as the son of man. If he did them as the son of God, we'd applaud. Good job, good job. But we wouldn't be personally motivated or inspired by that. He performed them as the son of man, the Bible says, full of the Holy Spirit. He did that. Are you guys tracking with me? He did that so that you could have that and be encouraged that you could do the same thing. So he had a fullness, it's a really big word, of the spirit. And then he would dispense that spirit in all the things he did. And that's why he could lay hands on the sick and they would recover and have compassion on people and deliver people. And all the things that he did was dispensed from him because he was full of him. Amen. <laughs> Imagine how intimately you'd have to be connected to the Holy Spirit where you could actually feel the Holy Spirit leave you. The, there was so much virtue, the Bible says, inside of him that somebody could just touch his clothes and they could feel the Holy Spirit leaving. He was full all the time. He walked in the presence. I don't have time for these scriptures, but John 1, 29, and then 32 through 34, it's a reference there. But in John 1, I'll just say, you know this, and it's in the other Gospels too. Jesus was baptized, right? Jesus got baptized. So that video, by the way, was so powerful. You hear those testimonies? It's unbelievable. You need to be baptized if you weren't baptized when you give your life to Jesus. You need to go public. He went public for you on a cross. You should go public for him on this, in that tank right back there. Can I have an amen? It's time to go public with your faith. Maybe you're not experiencing the presence of God because you haven't even gone public for God. Oh, my goodness. But in John chapter 1, Jesus was baptized. Why? Because he needed to be? No, but to fulfill all righteousness. You know what that was? The path. He was modeling the path for you. So he gets baptized. And when he gets baptized, following this path, living a godly, a godly way. His feet were, were going the right way. He did whatever his father told him to do, exactly what he told him to do. He's following the path of God. And as he's following the path of God, God the Father looks down from heaven, and the Bible says the heavens tore. It's actually in the original language a violent word. It's like the, 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 the heavens and the earth, the sky split. It's not, just, it's not like this nice moment. This was a violent moment. And it's basically because there was, there was, God's presence was separated from man. And in that moment, in the form, listen, of a dove, the Holy Spirit, like a dove, comes down from heaven and rests upon Jesus while he's being baptized. This is pretty wild when you think about it. This separation now is over. The Bible basically uses the word, the Spirit descended in the form of a dove upon Jesus. Interesting animal choice, by the way. Think about, when's another time when the word dove appears in the Bible that you can think about? If you rewind a little bit, you go all the way back, all the way back, Noah. Remember when the dove was trying to come back? The dove was trying to come back, and it was looking for a place, listen, to land. This is what I think. This is what I think applies to you. This is what I think applies to you, TC, and everybody out there. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, is looking for a place to land. 
And so John's gospel reveals this. It's a picture of the process. Jesus shows us the way. He shows us his protocol. He shows us this etiquette. He's practicing the presence. And the Holy Spirit comes down and remains on him, the Bible says. What's so awesome is that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would descend and then ascend right away. It wouldn't remain. But in the New Testament, you don't realize this. Sometimes you underestimate this benefit. The Holy Spirit comes down, descends, and can remain permanently if you learn how to practice and host and receive the presence. And so I think the dove is trying to teach you something. I think the dove is trying to teach you something about how to host the presence of God. The dove, the dove is, a, is a very fragile, um, white, clean, uh, pure, uh, you could say innocent, at least in appearance, bird, right? And if you think about it, it's kind of like a little, it's a little, it's gentle. It, it, if you were aggressive and that, and, that, and that bird was to land upon your head or upon your shoulder, if you were jarring and moving and crazy and not paying attention, that dove would what? It would fly away. If you looked at the Holy Spirit like a dove, how, how would you walk, how should you walk if you wanted the Holy Spirit to remain on your shoulder, how would, you, how would you behave? How would you walk? See, there's a protocol, there's a pattern, there's an etiquette to the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is manifest, let me back up. The Holy Spirit is all around us, omnipresence. The Holy Spirit, when you get saved, is in us, okay? In us, but the Holy Spirit wants to be upon us. That's when you see that term or hear that term, the manifest presence of God. So God is everywhere at the same time. Where can I run from your spirit, O oh Lord? You can't. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. God is everywhere all the time by his Holy Spirit, okay? But there is a never, another level on location, personal, manifest presence of God where you feel He's upon you, and the fullness of the Spirit is upon you. He wants that for you. So when you got saved, you had the Holy Spirit in you. That was for your sake. But when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit, that comes upon you, that's for the sake of others. The Holy Spirit upon you is for the sake of others. The Holy Spirit in you is for your sake. Are you with me, everybody? So Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. See, that's for the sake of others. That's why Paul, when Paul had so much of the Holy Spirit, Apostle Paul had so much of the Holy Spirit upon him, that even his apron, after he was gone, the residue of that apron had the presence of God on it so much, people would get healed. Peter had so much of the presence of God on him, you can see this in the book of Acts, that his shadow... Just his shadow healed people. Imagine the prayer lines where you didn't have to lay hands on anybody. You just kind of walked by people. Just get in that shadow right there. I'm just trying to get you salty. That, that's there. This, this isn't just for then. Devin's already taught this. We're not cessationists, everybody. We're continuous. This can happen today. It can happen for you today. Are you with me, everybody? And so if we want our shadow to heal somebody, come on, somebody. we got to come underneath the shadow of the Almighty a lot more as a church and as a people of God. 
And when you experience it, you can disperse it. Here's three truths about the presence real quick. And this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like the worship team to come right now. I'm going to do these real fast. Are you guys getting something out of this today? Here's three truths about the Holy Spirit. Number one, you can feel the Holy Spirit. You can feel the Holy Spirit. It was normal. Everybody say normal. It was normal in the beginning to walk and talk with God in the cool of the day. Enoch had such a strong relationship with God, he was just taken up into the heavens. Adam talked with God all the time. It was like just totally normal. That's not normal anymore. God wants that to be normal again. And the reason, the reason it's not normal is because of fear and shame. We hide from him. The very person we should run to, we run from. In the book of Genesis, we see this in, in Adam and Eve. They ran from God. I was afraid, and so I hid. And so I hid. Listen, hide in him. Change your position. Don't hide from him. Hide in him. You need to run to the altars on Sunday morning. You need to get here early. Get here when the team's all done their practice and just be in the room. There's something, I just tell you this from 31 years of ministry, the presence of God is always closer to the front. I'm not saying he can't touch you all the way in the back. Don't get me wrong. He can. He can touch you in the parking lot. I understand that. He can go with you, and sometimes you bring it in with you. But if you don't have it upon you, get wherever the presence of God is. And sometimes it's not that he's here. It's that you're pursuing him there. It's the fact that you're moving. It's the fact that you're pursuing him. And it's a sign that you're pursuing him by not getting here late, by getting here. And I'm not trying to browbeat you. I'm just, can you guys handle this right now? Like, there's a big part of this that, that people want to feel something. They don't know why they, they don't feel something. Run to him. So the thing that keeps you from this is sin tries to get you to hide from the presence of God. And the fastest way to break the power of sin is to, is to be found in him, not running from him. Oh, I got to get this all cleaned up. Good luck. Then I'll come to him. How's that working? I'm just telling you, he will, he will sanctify you in his presence. And he will, he will show you the path for your life. And he will help you overcome and sanctify you and strengthen you and give you the courage to overcome those different things. Don't run from him. That's the enemy telling you to run from him. Run to the Holy Spirit, everybody. Number two, we can leave his presence. Is it possible to leave his presence? Not his omnipresence, but you can leave his manifest presence. What's amazing is some of you can hear the gospel message. Some of you can uh, hear, uh, you know, a word from the Lord that's, that's, that's touching certain people but not necessarily touching you. And sometimes it's because it's we can leave his presence. Adam and Eve, again, I said that they had to do that. God says don't eat from the tree. And because they did, they had to leave the presence of God. Jonah was given instructions uh, with, the, land, with, the, with the, the place of Nineveh, but he didn't follow and, and he was removed from the presence of God. And, and Cain, who didn't do what God wanted him to do and, and didn't bring the offering that he was supposed to, ultimately he, he followed and did a horrible thing. He was removed from the presence of God. So, yes, you can, be, you can, you can leave the presence of God. And, and, by the way, God didn't leave you. You left him. Some of you, you think God left you. you didn't, God didn't leave you. You left him. You need to come back to him. You know, don't misunderstand. This is not about, I said this to the team, this is not about having perfect conditions. It's about a heart of contrition. This is about willful disobedience. There's a tendency for us to just 
not follow what he tells us to do. Sometimes it's a mistake, but other times it's straight up willful. That's what's keeping you from the presence of God. And you just need to repent for that. But lastly, with everybody standing to their feet, let me pray this over you. We can enter the presence of God. We can enter the presence of God. And the number one way we enter the presence of God is through worship. There are many ways, but the number one way is through worship. Let me read the word to you. Psalm 95, verse 1 and 2. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Music and worship may be more important than what you think. I want to speak to all both sides of the equation, men and women, but I really want to talk to the men. I've, I, I am a man, so I can speak to men. I can just say that there's a level of freedom that God wants you to have, and it's found in worship. Amen. I promise you there's something there that's blocking you from a lot of the wonderful things that you need in your life and the interventions of God that you want so badly in your life. You will not experience the power of God in your life until you follow the path and then the presence. There's a protocol. And when you, the way that you invite the presence of God is through worship. Lead your families, men. Be a worshiper. Be the lead worshiper of your household. It doesn't mean you have to be able to sing. Listen, you don't have to be able to sing. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. My whole family can sing. My wife can sing. My kids can sing. All my girls can sing. My extended family can sing. But my mother cannot sing. The genes skipped her. But she can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Are you with me, everybody? But, but my father led in worship in this church. He was the lead worshiper. And I, I just lead from over there. But I'm, I'm a worshiper. You need to be a worshiper because the presence of God is so needed in your families and in your marriages. More than you could possibly imagine. Are you with me? So with every head bowed, every eye closed, all campuses, TC, Framingham, I love you. I hope the word ministered to you. I'm going to release you at this time. Online campus, thank you for being with us this morning. God bless you. With every head, every head bowed, every eye closed, as we go into this next song, I just pray, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit because there's people here that have not experienced and encountered the presence of God. And by the way, I have a book. Anybody wants this book, I'm going to put like 25 copies up here. It's on practicing the presence of God. I read this 30 years ago. It changed my life, maybe 40, a long time ago. There's a limited number of copies. Just come down and grab it. It's yours. You can have it. But listen, I pray right now in this room that, Lord, as this final song, as we sing this song, that people would realize that they can feel the presence of God. They realize, Lord, that it's not something that we should hide from, but we should run to the presence of God. I pray that men, women, boys and girls, in Jesus' name, begin to run into the house of God, the small groups where we're worshiping God, their quiet, trysting place in the, moment, in the morning where they're spending time with God, and they begin to just pour out their heart like a pitcher before God. Not with their needs, Lord. Not looking for His hand, but looking for His face. Come on, raise your hands and begin to receive. I want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to pour out, pour out His Spirit on you. Not His pleasures, not His, not His healings, not His miracles, not His blessings. No, His presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, then there are pleasures forevermore. Lord, we follow you. We follow your path. We follow your son Jesus, what he did. We follow what the apostle Paul did. We follow what Peter did. We pray that you overshadow this church in the name of Jesus. Pour out your spirit on this place in Jesus' name. And everybody say, come on, give the Lord a big shout. Come on, shout unto God. Pour it out. Pour it out.